my goodness. You know, it's like, all week, this past couple of weeks, I've just been thinking, like, my goodness, you know, like, like, what's church? You know, it's maybe it's bad for me to keep telling you guys this, but <laughs> what's church, you know? What's church? You, I'm just, I've just been so tired of, of coming to church and not expecting God to move. Do you understand? Like, I'm, I sit at home and I read the Word of God and I'm just like, wow, I'm just fascinated. And just the fire of God is falling down, and you know, and, and just rooms are shaking, tongues of fire, people healed, you know, the dead raised. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness, that's such a good book. But this is real. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is supposed to be real. This is the Word of God. This is powerful. This is amazing. And if, if we believe this to be true, why aren't we seeing it happen? And it's just, oh, man, I just pray, and, and it's just like, my, what am I praying for, you know? Like, my sister, she told me the other day when she was watching um, something on YouTube, and it was about the mission field, and it's like, what are their prayers? Their prayers are, are God, help me feed the thousands that are going to be here tomorrow, you know? Heal the sick. Those are their prayers, and, you know, provide for us, and they're trusting in God with all this faith, and my sister, we were talking, she's like, what are our prayers? She's like, I, I feel like I can't even pray anymore. My prayers are, God, bless me, you know, help me pay my bills. And it's just like we have so much, and we want so much more. And it's right now I'm at this place where I'm like, God, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to worship you, how to be selfless. I, I don't know what I'm thinking right now, but <laughs> this it's just today we watched um, – a church in China, and they're crying and they're weeping before the Lord, and, and they're in these caves and in these rooms where it's like 120 degrees, and they just want Jesus. You know, it's like here we are at church, and we have all this drama with people coming, and they still they want to hide in sin, and it's just like, man, people are dying just to get a little bit closer to Jesus. They're putting their life in danger just to get a little bit of Jesus. And they're weeping and they're laughing and they're experiencing God. But we have religion here in this place. We have the privilege to come to church. We have the privilege to come and, and worship and pray. Do you understand? We, we have the privilege to go out into the street and pro, proclaim Jesus Christ. And we hide behind religion, behind a mask. And it's disgusting. It really is because here people are dying for this. And here we are, the church is getting fatter and fatter and fatter. Just eating up, taking everything that we can get from God. God, give me, give me, give me, bless me, bless me, bless me. What we consider blessings, it's not really a blessing. You know, Matthew 5, we can turn there. Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. This is Jesus talking. This is what he considers blessed. The poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed, he said, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be sons, be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when you are, when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. I'll finish that. Because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Man, I'm considered blessed when, when I have money in my pocket, when I can go to the store and just, you know, buy a whole bunch of new clothes. And, and I'm blessed when, when I eat three times a day, you know, and if, God forbid, I miss a meal. I'm going to be hungry. Oh, no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sorry. I've been struggling with fasting. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I know. Pray for me. <laughs> I, and I'm saying, though, come on now. People are starving, are starving for more of Jesus on their knees, just bawling. I wish we could play that video right now. I don't know if Andrew knows it. We gotta wake up, guys. We're spoiled. The devil has given us a big old bubble, a big old bubble. What else do you call it? A nunny, pacifier, a bubble. You know what I'm saying? It's like bubble. <laughs> All right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like we have power. The church of God, the body of Christ, has power. We have power. We have authority to cast out demons, to lay hands, to preach the gospel, to preach the gospel. Let me say that one more time. To preach the gospel. We have power. But we hide behind religion. Jesus, teach us how to be a Christian, how to be true followers of your son, of Jesus Christ, of you, Jesus. We we need to wake up. I'm so serious, like, I know I've been talking about us being holy, being righteous. Let's just wake up. Wake up, wake up, my God. We need to wake up. We need to understand that this is a lifestyle that we have chosen the day that we accepted Jesus Christ into our lives. We decided to follow him. We decided to lay down our lives. We decided to live for him, for our flesh, to die on this altar. You see, altars were made for sacrifice. Your life on this altar right here, die. It's meant to die as an offering to God. See, offerings, the smell, the aroma, it's pleasing to God when something dies. When it's offered to him, we are meant to die. Our flesh, this is what holds us back. It holds us back to getting into the glory. Thinking, what does my neighbor think if I start dancing for the Lord? My goodness, if I start screaming, if my eyes start flickering, and my sister's going to call me Flicka. You know, who cares? One day we will be in front of the Lord, and we will be worshiping him. We will be worshiping. I've heard this before, and it said, like, one of the biggest things that we will regret when we get to heaven is, is how, much, how much prayer, the power of prayer, and the fact that we didn't use it, the fact that we didn't tap into that, the fact that we didn't worship God like we should have. We need to worship God no matter who's around. We need to worship God in this church. We need to worship God in our homes. We need to fall on our knees and meet him in our secret place. We need to have experiences with God, encounters with him. Don't let anybody tell you you're too spiritual. Don't let anybody tell you it's all a lie, it's all religion, or it'll get old. It'll fade away. You, you'll know. You'll see. As you go on, you know, you, the church, religion, 
will taint you. It will, it will mess you up. It will take away. Why is it that people, when they first get saved, they are so radical for Jesus? My goodness. They just want to go out, and they want to preach the gospel. And, and then people are like, no, you know, look at them. Oh, it's okay. They just got saved. Don't get over it, you know. You know what I'm saying? Why is that? Because a person who just got saved doesn't have all that nonsense in their head, all about religion and ministry and competition and, and a pride and, and all that that comes, all that junk that comes from within the church, the body of Christ. It makes him puke. It makes him puke. Can you play that for us right now? This is the church in China. Well, we're going to be a powerful guy. 
Sunday school class. What you been doing about that, Will? Well, none of these kids' parents are Christians. They send their kids to us so they will learn to be good children. We know all of these children will eventually lead their parents to the Lord. In this church service, it's 120 degrees inside of the building. The people meet for 12 hours straight. Dennis told me one story about a time he went to a very remote village in China to preach. He was led into a large room where the people were packed so closely together that he had his back to the wall and could reach out and touch the row in front of him. Everyone stood. There was no room to sit. He asked how long he could preach for, and they told him from 8.30 to 7 at night. Then they asked him if it wasn't too much trouble, could you come back tomorrow and preach it from 8.30 to 7 again? And then, very sheepishly, they asked again, if you'd be so kind, could you come back the day after that and preach from 8.30 to 7? He asked how often he could take breaks, and they told him not to stop. The people were worried. Then he asked them what he should preach on. Everything they wanted. The densest in the local church. And then it dawned on him. These people had no Bibles. meeting with God. Thank you. It's meeting with God. We, they meet with God. That's amazing. What if that would happen in your life? What if we would actually meet with God? If he would actually show up? What if he would actually do something crazy? Like shake the room, for example. Oh, my goodness. What if he would actually bring in sinners? What if? People would lay down their lives. What if people, without you even, but without you preaching or without, you know, you talking about Jesus or anything, they just started weeping the minute they stepped through the door? What if God's anointing was so strong and so powerful and so thick in a place that people would just start drawing near, not for the sake of Metro or a church, but for the church, but for the kingdom of God? What if? Do we think about that? What if we stopped praying for ourselves and started praying for nations? What if? What if we would get over ourselves? What if I would get over myself? You know, I'm no, I'm no different. You know, in all, all religion aside and all, you, you guys think, I'm no different from you. Rachel and Ricky are no different from you. And your leaders, your pastors are no different from you. We all think the same. We all deal with the same thing, the same temptation, the same fear. When we go out into the streets, it's not like, oh, you know, I'm just like, have all this boldness built up inside of me, and this is how I was made. I'm going to go preach to 20 different people. I get nervous. I have doubts. Rachel and Ricky, I'm sure do. Jared, everybody here, we all have doubts, and we all struggle with some things. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't come that easy, but you know what? At that time, you get over yourself, and you you are filled with the spirit of power to preach the gospel. Do you understand? I know it's hard to go to right college, guys. I mean, 
It's not just for certain people to preach the gospel. It's for all of us to preach the gospel. I know it's hard to have to answer 101 different questions about who God is and why we believe in Him. How do you know? Do you understand what I'm saying? But you're not called to convince anyone of the living God. You're called to preach the gospel, to be a priest, a minister unto this nation. That is what you're called to do, to live, yes, a pure and a holy life. Because when you think no one is looking, that's when you're being watched the most. All right? You are to be a testimony with your actions, with your words. That's when it counts. See, you may plant a seed. You may water it, but God reaps the harvest. God reaps that harvest. So you are just called to preach. That's it. So all you're called to do is proclaim the name of God. Let him use you outside of these four walls. Because if that's it, then it's just religion. Jesus. Let's get hungry, so hungry for God that you don't even have to know all the answers. Let me tell you something, and I just heard this the other day. If someone can convince you into believing in God, you can be convinced out of believing in God. All right? So let me tell you, all you're called to do is preach the gospel. Let God take care of the rest. Let the Holy Spirit minister. Let the Holy Spirit burn away the things that are not of Him. He will do the work. He is working with you. Let's trust in Him. Let's have faith and really believe that He can do it. This God is the same God today as he was yesterday. And he can work through you and through me. We have to surrender. We have to let our flesh die here at this altar. We need to be a sacrifice for him. See, your flesh will hold you back. Let me tell you, this thing right here, it will hold you back. God doesn't want your flesh. He wants your soul. He wants your heart. He wants you to surrender to Him. He wants you to know that He is God and you are not. We are not God. We can't do anything without Him. We are nothing apart from Him. I have no purpose in this world if it wasn't for God. If it wasn't for God, I would be stuck working at some job. Over and over again, it's stuck in a routine. Because of God, I have purpose. I have life and life to the fullest and so do you. We need to rejoice and be glad in that. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want God. I've gotten to a point, I just want Him. And I've said it, I want God before. I want Him. Like there's something in here that has turned and it's just wants Jesus, you know? Maybe it was that meal that I didn't eat, you know? But I want Jesus. Do you want Him? Do you want Him? How much do you want of Him? You know, just, you know, David said when he worshiped, I will become even more undignified than this. You know, he didn't care to be acting a fool. He didn't care if the world thought he was ridiculous and what are you doing, you know. That's not how we worship. This is how we worship. You know, this is how we worship. But this is not how we worship. You know, like, who cares? God wants you. He's looking at you. He doesn't care. If they don't want to worship, you know what? You worship. You get up. You worship. You preach. You burn on fire. You jump up and down and you let the Holy Spirit move through you. Because if your neighbor doesn't want it, you have to decide in your heart that you want him more than anything else in this world. Hunger for him. Thirst for him. Desire him. Be passionate about him. Jesus. Hallelujah. My God, my King. Let's turn to Exodus 20. I believe it's 2017. Woo, my Bible's falling. Can I borrow yours, Manas? Mine's falling apart. The one? Okay. 
God is good, isn't he? Okay, no, 2018. All right. This is when Moses came down from the mountain, and he, he tells the people what the Lord told him, the Ten Commandments. All right? 2018. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, Speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. <laughs> Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that, you, so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Man, when I read the Old Testament, I'm like, these people are crazy. These, these people are nuts. Like, God parted the Red Sea. You know, he provided manna for you and then quail. And, then, and you doubt God and you complain. And this is the God, your Father, that provides for you, that has, has given you everything that you need and has taken you from bondage. But you want nothing to do with him. And man, when I read this, it's just, that's, that's people today. You know, we, we want to receive the blessings. We want to say, God, give me, God, give me and bless me, dear God. E- even when people aren't saved, you know, they still pray and they still, God, God, bless me. You know, help me with this. Help me get a job and, you know, provide for my family. Take care of my children. People still pray. You know, you have to admit, you know, people like that. You know people that pray when they need something. Well, it's the same thing here. It's, it's peop, these people don't want a personal relationship with God. You know, it's, Moses, it's okay for you to have that relationship with him. You talk to him for us, and we'll just stand back here. We'll just stand back here in the distance because if we talk to him, if God speaks to us, we'll die. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, I have so many family members. I'm going through this. Can you pray for me? Your friends, when they go through, through stuff, they, they know who to call. They know to call me because I have me and Jesus like this, you know? They know. People know when you have Jesus and they'll call you. See, it's okay for you to have Jesus. And when I need him, I'll come to you so you can talk to him for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's crazy and that's ridiculous. That's the thing. People don't want to die. When you have a relationship with God, like we talked earlier, you die. You die, you know, because God starts to take things away from you. He says, Evie, I don't like this. I don't like this. All of a sudden, years later, it's not Evie anymore living. It's God. It's Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit living through her. Do you understand what I'm saying? Little bits and pieces, hearts start to come out. And you start looking more and more like Jesus. People don't want that. People want to remain in their sin. They want to remain in their filth. They don't want the power of God to come upon them and change them and transform them. See, but we're called. You can be the Moses and you say, you know what? If you don't want to go, I'll go. I'll die. I'll come. I'll enter his presence and I'll worship him and I'll talk to him face to him, face to face with him. This is what we're called to do. We are called to have that kind of relationship. When the world doesn't want him, you decide in your heart that you will do anything and everything to go forth and be with him. Be with him, hear his voice, see his face, grab his hands. My goodness, have dreams, have visions. Be a prophet into this world, into this dying generation. That's what you are called to do. You are called to have burning bush experiences. You know what? It's like I got to this place where, where it's like, God, bring, bring the, the lost 
you know, so we can see signs and wonders, you know, demons cast it out or something, or a prophetic word. And I was, God, do something. And I'm thinking God's going to do, do something through the loss, through someone. But God's like, I want to do something in you. You know, I want to do something in you, Liz, and you, Belle. I want that experience. You know what? You can have experiences with God all the time. You know, like when I got saved and I'm like, Jesus, you know, that was amazing to me. I can have that again, you know. God can use me to do that to somebody else. But see, while we're so busy expecting our neighbor to get it, our neighbor to start shaking, our neighbor to start experiencing the glory of God, God's saying, I want you, Vanessa. It's us that he wants. It's you individually that he wants to use. All we have to do is surrender. All we have to do is surrender. I just, I think about my dad when I was reading this. You know, if I came to my dad and my dad gave me everything that I ever wanted, that I ever needed, and I never wanted anything to do with him, and I just say, Susie, you know, you go. You go to dad's house. You know, you tell him I said this, and you ask him if he can do this for me. Like, what kind of relationship would I be having with my father? That would break my father's heart. That would break my father's heart. He's like, I provide, I give her so much, I love her so much, and she doesn't want me? I created her. Your father created you. He wants you. So decide in your heart that you will not be like the Israelites, but you will be like Moses, that you would be called his friend, that you would meet face to face with him, that you would hear his voice. Guys, there's so much more. There's so much more. He created this earth. He created the galaxies. Like, just can we conceive that? Can we grab hold of that, comprehend that? There's so much more. When we were in the summer retreat, I was standing on top of a mountain at Devil's Lake. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I was, okay, never mind. We were standing on top of a mountain, and it's just so beautiful, so glorious. And, and when you stand on top of a mountain, you feel this big, right? You feel this big, and it's just like, Man, when, when I'm in my life, in my normal life, I feel like my life is so important. Like, everything's so big and so huge. My problems are like, oh, my goodness, you know. And it's not. We are this big, you know. And, and God still loves us and wants each and every one of us and wants to take care of us and provide for us. But yet he still wants to take things from you. You know, we have to stop making God be this big because he's not. We are this big, and we need to rely upon him. He wants to do something, but you know what starts within us? It's not the people who aren't saved. It's not, you know, to go out and have that club down the street just transformed and for them to repent of their sins. It starts with us right here, right now. If you want Jesus, if you decide in your heart that you are so hungry for him, you will not stop. You will not stop at the veil, but that you will enter into the holy of holies. When you decide that, when you start to burn for Jesus, everybody else will want what you have. Everyone else will see it. Everyone else will desire it. Everyone else will be convicted. Everyone else will be convicted around you when you shine your light. Decide in your heart that you want him more than anything else in this world. We have one life to live. One life to live. Let's live it unto the Lord.